Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Episode 14, Trial and Error with Jody Meltzer-Darter. You're listening to The Race for the Ring, a podcast about dating in the digital decade. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm a PR queen, a published inspirational author, motivational speaker, mom, and dating diva. Each week, I'll have a special guest dish dating dilemmas and delights with me, and together we'll maneuver how to play the game, not get played, and claim the most prized possession, self-love. Ready, set, go. Today, we have a very special guest on Race for the Ring. It's not only because she's my Alpha Epsilon Phi Hofstra University sorority sister, but she's also an accomplished writer who recently published an amazing book called When You Lived in My Belly, and her writing has been published in the Huffington Post, The Stir, The Mighty, and much, much more. Please welcome my dear friend, Jody Meltzer-Darter. Welcome. Yay, so excited. We finally connected. I know. It only took what, like 20 plus years? Yeah, exactly. 20 plus years and a little, little uh, Zoom issues, but we got <laughs> Yeah, we got it hooked up. It's operator <laughs> error, Judy. Operator error. Nobody needs to know about that though, right? <laughs> That's between us. Anyway, I'm kidding. Um, so let's start from the, uh, sort of the beginning. So last time I saw you, you were back at Hofstra, which was a very long time ago. So without going through every nitty gritty detail, let's talk a little bit about where you left, you know, left off from dating college boys, um, when you met your then husband, a little bit about your career, and then, the, and then we're going to segue into the big eclipse is when you wrote that blog and then landed your husband that you're now married to. Sure. So you definitely last saw me as a brunette. I mean, I, I'm now <laughs> blonde, so we've gone through quite the metamorphosis, but um, yeah, so I obviously evolved from college and dated in my twenties and wound up getting married. Um, and unfortunately it just wasn't the best fit. The marriage was pretty much from the get-go. If I look at it in retrospect, we just didn't click. And I was trying to force fit a click, I think to go along with the expectations of 
milestones in life you're supposed to accomplish, whether, you know, it's supposed to get married around a certain time, you know, your late twenties, early thirties, and you're supposed to have a child or, or 2.5 kids. I think if that's the same, is that what they say? Expectation. I don't know. How old were you when you got married and how did you meet him? So, um, uh, 32 and we met through a mutual friend. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. And you have how many children? You have one. I know you have your bonus child, but how many do you have? I have a very interesting history because I, he was a widower at the time and I met him and she was eight years old, his daughter. Okay. And this is actually really difficult to follow along with Cliff Notes version of the story, but basically her, his first wife died when his daughter was four. And I met her when she was eight years old and completely fell in love with her. She is just incredible. So we, I was 32 years old. He was older when we met and we wound up having my son, Alex, who's now turning 10 tomorrow, milestone birthday, pretty excited about that. And, um, I've since, but I don't want to cut to the, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So that's the backstory there. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So let's talk a little bit about what life was like after you got divorced in terms of dating. How long were you single and dating? I want you to share some of your most, I guess, profound dating stories that entertain us with because we all have so many of them, myself included. Um, I know, uh, you know, for mo- it's fun and it also can be a nightmare too. <laughs> it's a dream or a nightmare depending on how you look at it. Right. Um, so yeah. So what, I, what do you remember of that? Yeah. For me, you know, I was so focused on ensuring that my son acclimated as best he could barely being four years old when his yeah. parents split up. So for me, I had, you know, Wednesday night and every other weekend to cram in a dating life. I really didn't kind of mix the two at all. I was very strong about that. Even, you know, sneaking someone in and the after hours. I didn't do that. That was just my own personal preference. Um, obviously people do what they would ever want to do, but that's what I did. So I had to kind of cram in everything during those, you know, every other weekend and Wednesday hours. And clearly since our Hofstra days, the dating scene has dramatically changed. Oh yeah. So, I mean, there's no sorts of, you know, no online dating. I was, you know, in my thirties and not, you know, out at bars all the time. I mean, you had to ebb and flow and change with the times. Mm-hmm. So I did, you know, I didn't ever really officially join um, an online dating website, but, you know, I met people who thought, you know, this person's ideal for you, you know, through mm-hmm. connections with friends or randomly walking the dog, you know, just all those different ways that if your heart and your mind is open to kind of the universe sending people your way, right. um, that's how I met some people, mm-hmm. uh, none of, none of whom were, <laughs> were a match at all. Um, you know, I definitely had some doozy dates where I just looked across and was like, I literally would be, you know, rather be doing anything right now than sitting across from you. Um, which is a shame. <laughs> I feel I, like that often. Sadly. Yeah. I mean, I would, <laughs> yeah. rather, and I'm not even a lifetime for women person. I'd rather be watching a marathon of, you know, whatever I know. movie I, I just, or reading a book or getting your nails done or washing your hair. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> anything, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's hard. You sort of have to go through all the, my friends always say you have to kiss a bunch of frogs before you get the prince. So I, I completely agree with that. I mean, it, my whole journey, I've learned so much in that the first, of course, kiss a lot of frogs because you have to do that to meet a prince and to know when a prince comes along. I mean, that's all of that learning and everything you go through kind of builds you up to the person. And I think that the more perfectly imperfect you are in life, the more mistakes you make, the more open you are to failure. You're not sitting there, you know, biting your nails nervous about failing because you've already, for lack of a better term, you know, and, and I don't believe that that's true, but to a large degree through societal expectations or even your own, or your parents or whomever, maybe you failed in your marriage and yeah. you failed with some of your dating choices. So once you go through that and you've accepted those learnings and you just decide, you know what, fine, whatever. I'm just going to put myself out there and I'm going to be authentically who I am Mm -hmm. and love me or leave me. I don't care because Mm -hmm. I've already gone through the most difficult journey possible, which, you know, to your, um, definitely discussions that we've had and what I've learned about you too, is that, you know, you make a huge monumental decision when you decide to, uh, break up a family. It's not just breaking right. up a relationship. So right. when you make that decision because you're so painfully unhappy and you realize that you're so mismatched and you need to give yourself another chance at love. When you've gone through that whole process, you are now open to finding what you really are searching for and longing for. Your standards change too, which I wanted to get into in a little bit because I have an article I was going to read back and forth with you. But before yes. we jump to that, I wanted to hear more about how you, how long were you single? Then you met your husband, like how everybody listening, because that's such an so incredible story. I actually was single for know, maybe a little over a year. It wasn't a long That's time. it? That's great. It was not a long time. You're lucky, girl. But listen. <laughs> Going on four years, single. <laughs> yeah. I was not looking for it in any way, shape, or form. Right. If anything, I think I had, you know, man repellent sprayed all over me. I just was kind of not bitter or angry, but just more so focusing on myself improving myself and kind of trying to fulfill some goals that I set for myself. So it's not that I wasn't concerned about finding somebody, but it wasn't my highest priority in life. Mm -hmm. You know, the emotional well-being of my child and then kind of fulfilling some things I put on the back burner personally, Mm -hmm. those were more of my focus. It wasn't Uh, your priority. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is part of my problem, but but that's okay. Okay. So I went out one night to a really beautiful, fancy expensive restaurant with a guy. Um, where, where was it? In which so, town? In Boston. It's okay. Cause that's where you Boston. are, right? You're in the Boston okay. area. Okay. Correct. Now I love this place. It's just, it's just so chic and, and it, the food is incredible. There's everything about it screams romance and let's vibe. <laughs> However, there was no vibing that night. It wasn't good at all. Um, so I just had a disastrous kind of evening. I can't explain how bad it was. You know, that whole feeling of you just looking across from someone blank face. I, I have no connection with you at all, even though all of the circumstances and the ambiance and everything else is correct. You are just not right. So I, right. I came home and I was just feeling really did he like, do you think he agreed or do you think he was like into it? 
I think that's that, horrible when it's the, I don't know which is worse, to be honest with you, when they yeah. like you and then you have to be like, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I think that he was more into the situation than I was, but he was also just really a pompous, arrogant type of guy. You know, he really wasn't the type of guy I think who could see through like any, see through the layers of himself to see anyone else. So for him, it probably was not as bad as I was envisioning. But for me, it was like, I can't believe this is what the world is offering me right now. And Ugh, I know. I'm, yeah. Like I'm just so disgusted. And so I came home and I could not sleep. I just was trying very hard to determine what I should do. I'm like, what should I do? Seriously can't sleep. And I'm a writer. What was your choices though, Jody? Like just never date again or? No, no, no I mean, because, of course not. Oh. That night I was like, binge watch George. TV, call my friends, you know, complain, whatever I wanted to do. But as a writer, the right. thing like it comes to mind is like, I'm writing it all down. I'm going right. to write right. it all down. So I. Such a release, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I built my laptop and I just banged out an article, I think in record time, and was <laughs> top 10 rules for dating a single or divorced mom. And, and what, were the, what were the top five? Oh, I'd have Can to you remember in front of me, but- No, I want to hear. We actually, went, I'm going to link it to like the show notes too, so yeah, our I listeners mean, can read it. You know, I don't remember the exact- order but i remember no it's fine just like the, ma the main five that come to mind if you want to date me it's buy one get one free you know i am not yeah. just a mom i'm not just a woman out there in her 30s i am a single mom so yeah. if i am even going to let you in my orbit i'm going to make sure that at some point down the road you're good enough to meet my little guy and mm -hmm. that's a that's one and you know the other one is if you want to play games, um, be honest about it. Like if you, you know, or batter up elsewhere. Like I'm not into, I'm not into game playing at this point in my life. Mm -hmm. Again, not back at Hofstra. Not in my <laughs> I wish we were. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I'm, I'm, That's I'm, another I'm, podcast though. <laughs> yeah. I know. And every other weekend, if that. So like, I know. You know the time's I'm, limited. I'm, yeah, for sure. I'm yeah. So, if you're looking to, you know, to kind of play around, like, just look elsewhere. Let's just be honest. Same thing with if you just want to hook up, be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, we didn't have kids through immaculate conception, right? Mm -hmm. We're kind of we're grownups at this point. We can talk about these things. Mm -hmm. I feel like, there's so many people who are so shallow and just not ready to have any sort of meaningful connection that is completely fine. Just be honest about it. Yeah. And, but and, and there's plenty of people that you can connect with that are on the same exact wavelength, but ensuring that you're on the right wavelength with someone, um, I think from the outset, just like kind of what you're looking for, whether or not you gel, at least it's, it's something from the beginning. I agree. You're on the same page and you're starting from a place of, you know, um, authenticity. I mean, I always use right. that word. It's feel like it's overused sometimes, but it applies obviously to this situation. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you're not looking for a serious relationship, then don't act like you want to be in a serious relationship just because you're courting someone and you want to like hang out with them because eventually the tide's going to turn and you're, you know, it's going to come up eventually at some point that one of the two wants more. The one who's obviously looking for a more serious commitment is going to be left like, well, what the heck, right? I mean, but it's, yeah. 
I just yeah. think like, you know, kind of the whole process of getting to, I mean, pretty much stalking middle, middle age at this point. That's the way I feel, right? <laughs> I mean, actually I'm there, but, um, you know, the whole point is you just kind of have to grow up a little bit, right? Just, yeah. just be to your word, be authentic, be yourself and, and show people who you are. And, and that's okay. If you're just looking for a hookup, that's okay. If you want a long-term relationship, but just be honest from the mm-hmm. outset. So the other mm-hmm. person can make a decision is time is valuable and people aren't looking to just serial date forever. Right. right? Unless they right. have to, but just right. be honest. Right. I agree. So, so, so then your, your husband saw that vlog. Tell us so, so yes. So I wrote this and again, this blog post, which you will reference, I mean, I think it was pretty much designed to, you know, to tear men a collective new butt. It was not nice. It was a, almost like a, a referendum on men. Like, I, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I am so sick of all of these, you know, stupid games and empty promises and, mm. you know, kind of fake outs that we have to endure. It let's all just collectively grow up a little bit, elevate the game and move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is not verbal venom, but it was definitely not the kindest. Um, but so it wound up going viral. I mean, it was published on the Huffington Post and it became a really big article, obviously struck a chord with a lot of women. I recall I sent it to actually um, Jill Attenson Gerfinkel, one of our other sisters. I sent it to her. Jill Aaron Kranz, is that what you said? No, no Jill Attenson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I sent okay. It to her prior to it being picked up. And she, she was divorced as well. She's like, this is okay. so spot on. I cannot believe how spot on this is. So um, it was, you know, shared widely. And my husband, my now husband, uh, was living in Pennsylvania at the time. And he's, you know, not a regular Huffington Post reader. It was something that came up on his Facebook feed. It was oh, shared wow. by one of his friends. Uh-huh. And he's a single dad. He's been raising his son since he was six months old. Wow. Little dad and completely understood he could cut through the layers of sarcasm and kind of hurt and disenchantment I had with the opposite sex at the time. He could, <laughs> he could cut through all of that uh-huh. and and get what I was saying, which is just be a real person. You know, let's just elevate again, elevate the game and understand it's completely different when you have a little boy or girl or more looking up at you, you know, for answers and they have their expectations and, you know, you don't want to, at least, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way, but Mm. you don't want to bring anyone into their orbit or space. Who's not worthy of it. No, I don't think they've met. They've only met one person and we were friends really before anything. So that was the only reason. No, they, my kids have met nobody that I've dated so far. And I think, I I mean, for me, that was the right decision to make as well. I, Mm -hmm. I just did not want to complicate his already complicated life. And, Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, my husband read it and he wound up sending me an email and he's never reached out to a writer in his life. You know, he thought he would send an email to a writer. It would go unanswered. You know, Mm -hmm. that was expectation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, me, regardless of, you know, how many emails or what I always answer 
when people write to me. Yeah, because it's special, I, right? It's flattering. It is. It is. Yeah, that they're taking the time. They cared about your work. and That's right. Yeah, right. yeah. And that's yeah. how I feel. And I mean, obviously, I'm not a, like a J-Lo status or anything, but. No, oh, but like, no, but it doesn't matter. matter. Yeah. A ton of people. Right. You know, all the time. I mean, and there's been times where I've gotten a significant amount. I always make sure that I respond unless they're really jerks. Then I'm <laughs> Yeah, then it, what you respond may not be the nicest, so yeah. you're better off just taking the piecing out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so I, of course, responded because um, first he yeah. read through the entire article, which showed me, wow, he has an attention span. I mean, he got all the way to the end and he referenced, you know, I think one of the later rules, which was buy one, get one free. You know, I think that was, you know, like rule eight or nine or whatever it was buy one, get one free. Cause he's like, I, that's exactly how I feel about my son mm. is that you're going to entertain dating me that you have to be open to that possibility. It's not always going to be just the two of us. You know, eventually if we did get to that point, you're going to be potentially taking on a role where you are an important and integral role in shaping a young life. So right. you have to right. at least entertain that possibility. But he wrote me this, you know, this email and in comparison to other emails I received from guys who mainly pointed to the whole, Hey, you know, if you want to hook up, just let us know, you know, that's, that's something that we can entertain if we're there. You know, that's what a lot of these guys referenced if they emailed me, but right. he, oh, okay. you know the buy yeah. one, get one free that's that's what connected with him so it, it really piqued my curiosity and i emailed him back and it wound up becoming this firestorm of emails which quickly evolved to the first conversation on the phone which was a three-hour conversation whoa yeah three-hour conversation had to literally pull ourselves off the phone and then it became like i'm back you know in high school like twirling my hair all You're excited you have butterflies in your stomach again. Oh That's the best feeling. Yeah, yeah. Like butterflies, all night conversations. So, you know, my under eye bags were carrying their own bags at that point because I'm, <laughs> I'm literally like exhausted from being a single mom. But yeah. Adding in this whole long distance, this guy is incredible type of oh my God, I can't believe this is happening to me. Did, did you guys see each other's photos at some point? Like right away or? I mean, clearly he saw my photo. Yeah, because he could just Google my, you, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think like after the first initial email, you know, once we started that, you know, firestorm of emails, he eventually sent me a picture of him and him and his son actually. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And so we wound up, but it, to be honest with you, and I think that this strongly relates to this time with COVID-19 where yeah, yeah. we are trying to connect with other people and date during this coronavirus. Yeah. Yeah. It honestly will mirror what I went through because we mm -hmm. had hundreds of miles separating us mm -hmm. and both both had responsibilities of being single parents. Mm -hmm. So we were not, you know, tucking and rolling to the, you know, next town over to meet each other. This was right. something that we had to determine, is it worthwhile or not worthwhile? And we talked for a solid month. 
Wow. Before you met him, you know, I interviewed a, not to cut you off. I want you to continue. I just wanted to interject. I interviewed um, a psychologist last week. That episode's going to air right before yours. So everybody will know what I'm talking about when I reference this, but he was saying that um, this situation is really going to cut out the hookups to the long, like the long-term relationships because whoever's engaging with you in this virtual situation or talking on the phone and not being physical, they're in it because they like you, you know, and you like them, obviously, if you're putting in the same time too. So there's some really beautiful relationships coming out of this. In fact, I'm going to probably do a show that focuses on a few couples that have met during this time and gotten closer and stuff like that. Because I've heard so many of them. It's so nice. It's like, all right, go ahead. And go. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so refreshing because. So how did you I, meet? Let's tell us about your first encounter. Like when you, a month later, after yeah. all of these heated conversations. And- I mean, heated all day long. And that not only that, we're like sending texts all day long, talking all night, sending each other these like love songs. I mean, honestly, it was out of control. That's was- awesome. I like, want that so badly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Out of control. But I will say, he, you, you know, some of the key learnings that came from this and just being open to him, it's just, he's completely against my type. First of all, I had all of these rules and restrictions in my head where I was looking for someone who, you know, it wasn't going to be exhausting to try to meet up with, you uh-huh. know, what I mean? someone like not a long distance relationship. No, I did not want a long distance relationship. I so want one because <laughs> I like to have my time alone with the kids, but go ahead, go ahead. Sure. All right. no, I, I didn't want a long distance relationship. I just thought it would, you know, like kind of complicate things more and I have no mm-hmm. time as it was. So what right. am I doing with a long distance relationship? So I didn't want a long distance relationship. I always had like a, I guess, specific type, you know, we're talking about you know, whether it's politics or just, just common ideas in life that, you know, I, I would always set myself up for, you know, like, I, oh, I couldn't date in my, in my case, a Republican. I'm like, I don't want to date a Republican. So, but you know, whatever, all of these different things that I had in my head and he really was just against type in so many ways that had it been a traditional circumstance, I don't know if I would have even entertained the thought. Yeah. And which is, which is so eye opening to me because I would have discounted potentially someone who is incredible. Like, yeah. So yeah, that was I a- often think about that because you mentioned that to me, um, I guess a month ago when we got reconnected and we were talking about doing the show. I, now when I'm like looking at different people that reach out to me, I'm like, they're not exactly what I would, I don't know, like your stereotypical like checklist, but I'm like, Jody says to be open-minded. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it really took me to have kind of be slapped in the face by this. That's great. And, but something always echoes in my mind too, is my mom, my mom would always say, you know, don't keep repeating the same mistakes. If yeah. you continually make the same decisions, yeah. you have the same checklist that you're trying yeah. to pull off yeah. you're going to attract the same exact person. It's true. In a different package. Yeah. So why keep doing that? But honestly, we all do it. We all do it. I know it's for, it's a, we're creatures of habit. So tell us about the first date. So did you go to him? Did he go to you? Did you meet halfway? Where'd you go? Did you sleep over? Tell us it all, whatever you feel like sharing. (laughs) 
So at this point, honestly, after a month of marathon, you know, discussions and just 24 seven communication, I'm like, I became convinced. I'm like, you know what? He's either the absolute love of my life or he's like a serial killer or, <laughs> or has like a or funny issue going on that I could not anticipate. He stores heads in his freezer. I don't know what's going on. So funny. Something, some issue. Something's so, wrong with him. Oh yeah, I'm like there has to, to uncover it with your investigative reporter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Background. Background's and report. So yeah. yeah, like I became convinced. I'm like, he's either the absolute soulmate, love of my life, or you know, I'm in crazy nut trouble. job. So oh, yeah, like, I'm in loser. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, we decided actually I was going to New Jersey for the weekend to meet up with one of my friends and we decided to meet there and we wound up, we met at the beach. We went out to dinner. We had an incredible time and that was it. Like that was it. It was just like an instant synergy, instant connection, there wow. was no, yeah, there was, and you know what, I think to back, you know, kind of backtracking to this whole COVID-19 thing is until you get in somebody's space, you really mm -hmm. don't know how you're going to connect. You don't know how you're going to feel if you're going right. to get those proverbial butterflies. So I was so concerned about that too, where, you know, I'm like, my God, I like love this guy on the phone and I love him via text. And we share, you know, the same, you know, ridiculous passion for 80s music and all these different me things. too i love but, the 80s <laughs> oh, kidding me? I'm like an 80s so but and he's like and he loves the 80s so That's you know cool. uh, different things that we connect on you know aren't like the quintessential checklist stuff but mm -hmm. we have so many areas in common um but you yeah enough I, commonalities that oh, it gets you sure. through yeah, yeah for sure and i think that i've learned too is when you don't have every single thing in common, you really learn a lot more from the other person. And, totally. You know, it yeah. Shakes your, it shakes your perspective and makes you grow as a person, you know? So, so how did you make that distance work? Cause you're all the way up in new England and he's all the way in PA. That's big. And where was he in PA? Was he near Philadelphia PA or Pittsburgh PA? No, I forget. Near Philly. More near Philly than, than Oh, well, that's good at least. At least he wasn't across the state. But still, it's still like a nice jaunt, like a six hour, give oh, or absolutely. take, right? Yeah. So how, did you see him frequently? Like how did you work that, make that work? And so when and he obviously moved up to you, right? Because yeah. you're living in New England now, Boston. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. I think it was kind of like when you meet someone, it's almost like an involuntarily uh, involuntary thing where – if you have this kind of connection, which I would call cosmic, you know, it's just something that regardless of where I was in life and how snarky and sarcastic and not ready I was to a large degree, you are just connected to that person and you want to do whatever you can to see where it goes. So we were both in the same space. Make it work. Um, yeah, we were both connected in that way. So, um, you know, he had more flexibility than I did in some ways, um, because he was a hundred percent single dad, mm -hmm. you know, at that time, my ex-husband has since passed on. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So at that time I didn't have as much flexibility. So he came to me more, uh, he right. also had some family in this area. So 
it wound up working out, we just made a commitment to make it work and to see each other as often as possible. And, um, you know, ultimately made that decision to introduce our boys who were, oh my God, maybe five and seven or five and eight at the time. Mm -hmm. Barely five. I mean, he might've been four, my son. No, five. Oh, he was five and changed. Um, but yeah, we made that decision to introduce them. And, uh, you know, it was, it was something that though, we both, again, were on the same exact page. I mean, I recall, and this is really funny, my husband didn't tell me at the time, but he's like, I literally instigated a whole Passover dinner to come see you in Massachusetts because his sister lived in Rhode Island. And it was shortly after we met, like Passover was coming and he, she would, you know, invite him almost every year to Passover, but he mm-hmm. called her, called her out of nowhere. He's like, Hey, I'm coming for Passover. She's like, Oh, really? Did I invite you? It's like, yep. I'm bringing <laughs> someone, you know, and I'm bringing someone this year. So it was, um, it was really cool. So That's we, awesome. And how many years have you now been married, Jody? We have been married for three in June and together mm-hmm. for five. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, that's such a great story. It gives us all hope that, you know, if we all stay true to our, you know, ourselves and our beliefs and, you know, open-mindedness obviously helps too. We all have a chance at love, even the second time around, because I think it's even more profound sometimes the second time around because you're in a different place and you're, you've learned more about yourself, which brings me to the standards topic that <laughs> I wanted to get into. So would you say that like, obviously if you set standards for yourself, not necessarily in terms of the checklist, but just like your own like values and what's important um, and you stay true to them um, as opposed to trying to make excuses for people, that's what a lot of this research is saying, then you're gonna shut yourself off to mistakes and things that obviously aren't gonna serve you well as in people that aren't serving you well or could serve you you know, in a negative way if you don't see the red flags and honor them and you know, steer clear. With some of us give people chance after chance after chance and hope for they're going to change or they start dating somebody and they're not exactly what they thought, but they hope like maybe they'll come around like things like that. I hear so many different stories from my girlfriends that are, and guys, mostly girlfriends though, that are single and dealing with this kind of thing. Yeah. I think if someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. And that is something I've learned the really hard way. Um, you know, I always joke, and but it's not really a joke when I say I've yeah. taken like an unpaved third world country type of road to true love. I mean, I basically skidded in like a hot mess. You know, I mean, I have made every mistake in the book and and it's just a fact of, life, of my life. I've mm-hmm. really made every single mistake, but the most profound one I've learned, not only in relationships, but also in friendships too. Yeah. Yeah. They are believe them the first time. Don't keep giving someone a pass. Why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Just going to repeat. I mean, I've rarely been proven wrong on that point. Yeah. Yeah, people can change, but they don't always change. They have to want to change. And life is short, as you said earlier, you know, so might as well like stay true to yourself and stick, stay on the path that you think is going to serve you the best, right? Yeah. And I think as you get older and certainly, I mean, you, you, you have your own accomplishments and you can, you're, whether you're, um, you've kind of 
made your life, at least from an individual point of view, what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. Letting someone else in is really a privilege. You know, it's a gift. It's not something that you need to do. And that shift in thinking is really profound. You know, you really don't, I, I think at our age, I mean, you don't really need anybody to make your life because you've made it on your own. Right, so, right, you right. Raise your children. Uh, you can support yourself. All of these parts and pieces that maybe in our 20s we were looking for, mm-hmm. you know, like we need to build a partnership to buy a home or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's true. Very good point. You're just looking for someone that's going to up level your life and with, with partnership and like support and compassion and love, right? Add, add, not detract. So you're looking for someone who's going to add to your life, not detract from everything you've already built on your own. And once you have that frame of reference in life that you, you really can stand on your own two feet, it, it does shape the decisions that you make when inviting someone into your life and certainly having that extra layer of complexity with a child. Yeah. Yeah. Into their world. I know. I see. I share that same philosophy that you do, by the way. I don't ever give up nights with them to go on a date and stuff, which is to my detriment in the dating world. But you know what? They'll be there later too, if it doesn't work out now. So that's how I feel. Well, you've given us some amazing advice and we're unfortunately a little bit out of time, but I I want to um, have you share where everybody can find you and let's let's talk about your book that isn't about dating, but it's a beautiful book about childbirth. So tell us a little bit about that and where people can find the book and things like that. Sure. So when you lived in my belly is a month by month storytelling of pregnancy from the perspective of both mom and baby. And it was inspired by a question my son asked, mom, what was it like when I lived in your belly? And it was after my mother passed away. Um, It was always her dream to write a children's book. And after she died, I was intensely grieving and I really couldn't come up with an idea. And then serendipitously, one day, my son asked me that question. So amazing, Jody. I didn't know all of that. Oh, how lovely. You honored your mom in such a beautiful way and obviously brought your son into the literary world too. What a gift. That's great. So you can buy that anywhere books are sold. It's also a keepsake. Um, So there's an area where you can write about your individual pregnancy journey as well. Oh, that's nice. That's a great gift for people that are pregnant. I might have to get that for my friend, Jenna. Don't listen, Jenna. (laughs) Okay. And then what else? God, sorry. Nope. So you can, you know, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, Target, everywhere. It's just Mm -hmm. everywhere. And then uh, you can find me on jodydarter.com or, you know, I have bylines on a lot of parenting websites. Very cool. Well, let me know whenever you're in New York. I'd love to get together and I'll bring your little Melissa with me so we can have like a little reunion. I still hang out with a lot of AE fires from New York. Well, we were supposed to have a big reunion. I had a book tour date scheduled for the Barnes Noble in um, Union Square. Oh, nice. When? It was supposed to be on April 25th. Oh. And we were supposed to have like a big, you know, kind of reunion, at least of the Zetas. Um, and unfortunately COVID-19 had other plans. Well, we'll get it rescheduled. A lot of my, my thetas came (laughs) to 
my signing I did in New York because we, uh, for all of the all of you don't know, Hofstra is in Long Island. So, uh, not that everybody that went to Hofstra is from New York, but a lot were like like migrated to the city after college. Um, but anyway, you you have to let me know because I'll definitely be there. Will, it's absolutely. All That's right. Cool than later right yes absolutely when things are healthy and happy hopefully sooner than later all right well thanks so much enjoy your 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 son and your bonus child and your amazing family and husband i wish you nothing but the best thank you so much for joining us you're gonna get it oh yes (laughs) thanks i know it thank you i hope so all right take care Bye. Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.